Forum coming to you live on 106.1 FM every Saturday 4 to 6 p.m. Jagat Dinkar and Subodh welcome you on the best talk show in Houston, Texas. When you talk, everyone listens. This is Open Forum. Welcome back to Open Forum every Saturday here on 103.5 humfmradio.com from the lovely town of Houston, Texas in USA. You can listen to us on humfmradio.com. It's nice to be back in the studio. As you all know, I was in New York last week. It is beautiful out there. I just escaped the Smoky Mountains of Canada, <laughs> if I want to call them that. I just kind of escaped. I, I, I was staying with my brother, and I looked up at the sky and said, this is the bluest sky I've seen. And I should have added in the last 48 hours, because after that it became orange, and you can name a color, and we saw it out there. I just escaped it. I was happy. I loved New York. It's good to be there for three days only. After that, you need to get back to Texas. Welcome to Open Forum. As you know, we are here every Saturday at 4 o'clock till 6 p.m., and the first hour today... We're going to have a great show. Second hour, also, we're going to have a great show. The first, let me just um, uh, play it for you all. The first hour, we're going to talk about Lone Star College and uh, the, the importance of education in youngsters' lives. I think that's, that's the focus. And what, what does Lone Star do and how we as a community can help Lone Star do even better for the kids that go there to to study. And the second hour, we're going to talk about a topic that's pretty hot. I know, Jagat, you're going to be <laughs> laughing at me. And it's going to be about the presidential election and focusing a lot on what happened this last few days with Mr. Trump. We're going to also have, yeah, we're also going to have a, a, a candidate for Board of Trustees, um, uh, Raj Salhotra, and uh, we're going to talk to him. On air. He's, he's not going to be able to make it here in the studio. So that's the foundation for today. And so I want to welcome our guest today um, from Lone Star, the President, Valerie Jones. How are you, ma'am? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for this opportunity to join you today. Absolutely, absolutely. And Ms. Nicole, who uh, I've learned is a S, I'm sorry, CFRE, <laughs> Certified Financial Something. Something. So close. <laughs> Certified fundraising executive. Fundraising. Something like financial. And Ashok, you're not, you're not a stranger to uh, this radio station. You were here, I think, with your wife last time, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we were with uh, Dr. Michael Konvichka, okay. professor from Lone Star. Okay, I see. And uh, yes, but thank you for inviting me again, Jagat, and both Absolutely. of you. Absolutely. In the studio, we also have Jagat Kamdar, my co-host, my co-host, uh, uh, two other co-hosts. We have Ramesh. And Dinkar, uh, next, uh, the other co-host, Smriti, is uh, out of town. She probably won't be back this year, looks like. No, I'm just kidding. She'll be back <laughs> next month. She'll be back again. It just seems like every time it's Saturday and she's out of town, so we joke with her, like, are you going to come back this year or not? But she's not. Well, let's talk about Lone Star uh, College. Let's first start with, what is Lone Star College? I mean, you know, we have U of H, we have Rice, we have others We have HCC. Tell us a little bit uh, about Lone Star. And I'm, again, I'm going to be addressing this to Valerie Jones. She's the president of the college. Go ahead, ma'am. Absolutely. It's a great starting place. So Lone Star College serves the northern Houston and Montgomery County, San Jacinto areas. And we are a, a community college that just celebrated 50 years. And in that 
50 years, we've already grown wow. to over 85,000 students served. And so within Lone Star College, we have eight different colleges. And it's my privilege to serve our SciFair campus. Okay. So I have seven colleagues who are presidents of the other, and we are currently celebrating the upcoming retirement of our chancellor, who oversees all of the oh, campuses wow. after 39 years wow. of service to the college. How did, so. this, uh, how did the college start? I mean, I, I know, is it a, a yes. community college? It is. Okay. It's a community college, but even as a community college, we now offer four bachelor's degrees. Okay. So that's something that is relatively new in Texas. The legislation passed about six years ago, and Lone Star was one of the leaders at the table at the state level in Austin and advocating for the ability to offer those bachelor's programs. I take a stride back out here. What is a community college? Let's educate yes. our listeners. You know, everybody at school, we ask, okay, where are you going? I'm going to, you know, uh, U of H. I'm right. going to Rice. I'm going to UT. And then suddenly someone says, I'm going to a community college. I'm like, what is a community college? Can you educate our listeners out there? Absolutely. That's a really great question. <clears throat> Community colleges are relatively unique, designed in the United States only 120 years ago. So for everyone who says, I'm not really sure what a community college is, that's totally normal. So they're in the majority in that. Um, but community colleges came about for a couple of different reasons that we still hold dear to our hearts right now. One is to provide an affordable and high-quality path to transfer to universities. So it's great that you mentioned U of H because that's our largest transfer institution. We send... at just Lone Star College SciFair, we have over a 1,000 students that transfer to UH every single oh, wow. year. And so transfer to universities <clears throat> as juniors or having accumulated some of their general ed is a big part of what we do as community colleges. But we also do direct-to-workforce. So especially, for example, in the IT field, mm -hmm. technology is changing so fast. Right. The certifications and credentials that are six months or two years can really open up doors to employment in those industries and fields. So we we have two-year degrees called associate degrees also. Okay. And then, like I mentioned, now we have the, the four bachelors. Well. And, and there's a big need for that. I mean, the industries are looking for people who are qualified, and they come and work directly instead of going to the four-year, right? Is that exactly. true? Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, we it's have it at high school level. We have uh, vocational um, training schools. We, we do. We see that at Fort Ben ISD, and I bet... Houston has that too. Harris County has that too. So is that something what the two-year degree or two-year associate degree would be? It is. That's, a, that's one example of that for, for sure. So we have... Uh, so what are those colleges. courses? What are those courses? The, so the those courses yeah. are um, cybersecurity. We have okay. computer programming. There's Microsoft and Cisco networking. So those are all examples of those degrees. We also have um, CNC machining and welding and automotive, which, as many of us know, our, uh, our vehicles are really just computers on wheels right. these days. They are, right? Uh, we also have the healthcare field. So the nurses that staff our hospitals have an associate's degree in nursing. Um, we also have the bachelor's of nursing now at Lone Star, but the ra uh, radiologic technician, Fantastic. we have sonography. All of those folks in the healthcare field have come through with a two-year associate's degree from community colleges. So from after the two years, where do they go? They go directly, directly. into the workplace. Okay. And you. a lot of those hospital employers support them in a bachelor's for yes. promotion and advancement within their yes. field. Yes. But they're eligible and hired <clears throat> as soon as they pass those licensure exams, they're, they're hired immediately. And you're right, the economic demand is yeah. massive. Massive, right? Well, folks, you're listening to Open Forum. We're talking to Valerie, the president of Lone Star College in Cypher. I'm going to shift my uh, attention to Miss Nicole. Um, uh, and as we talked about, you said, you know, Lone Star, uh, the community colleges, the concept is 120 years old. It's not new. Right. But the funding is crazy, isn't it? I mean, it, it, okay, so let's start from the basics. Is it funded by the government? Are these colleges funded by the government, the state in this case, or is it private and public uh, funding? It's a combination of state funding and tuition and fees. And okay. so our fundraising is a small portion of what we do, but we're working to grow that a lot. So when you look at the funding for community colleges in Texas, the, the three main contributors are student tuition and fees, where, which is the big place where scholarships come into play. At Lone Star, it's approximately 20% state funding, and then a significant percentage is property taxes. So we're very committed to making sure that our community members oh, wow. get, okay. get every penny of their money's worth in that investment as well. A portion of it 
is from property taxes? Correct. I so, don't see that in Fort Bend County. Is that because we don't have a community? Yes. How do y'all... So, yeah, tell, tell me the difference. I mean, is that ruled, out, ruled by what, the county or the state? So most counties, um, <clears throat> most counties in Texas have um, community colleges that are, quote-unquote, their service area. And so communities have decided to opt into supporting having their own community college. SciFair is a great example. We started 20 years ago because the community came forward and said, we want our own. We're willing to build that into our tax structure. And uh, Lone Star was privileged to be the, the college that won in that process. Fantastic. And so that is part of that taxing basis. A lot of folks are familiar with the public schools um, mm -hmm. element of the property taxes. Right. Our, our piece is significantly smaller percentage Much, of yeah. the taxes, um, but that is a variable for where that comes from. You had a question, Jagat. No, I didn't have a question, but I think even the Fort Bend County, the, 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 as far as you, if you look into the tax bill mm -hmm. uh, in detail, probably you'll find something, you know, in a very small number <laughs> there. But, you know, for example, you pay also for the f for fire services and protection. Yeah. And but that's through the city, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't think there's, there's a separate there's item, line item. And I will, you know, trust me, I'll look at my yeah. tax bill. <laughs> I scrutinize that, but I'll go back and take a look at that. I did not realize. Yes. I, I, that would be then part of the Houston Community College, uh, I guess, yes. Yes. Uh, in that area. Yes. Fantastic. And um, Ashok, tell yes, us, sir. you've been here before. Yes. Tell us your role with the college. Oh, my God. Uh, gonna, we're going <laughs> to revise that one more time. Okay. Well, let's see. I've been associated with Lone Star for the last, what, 25 years. I was with the GIS Curriculum Committee for many years, and I'm still am a chair of the committee. Wow. And I advise the department for, you know, like what to teach, how to hire interns, uh, how to train them. So I'm still actively involved. And then last year, I also set up an endowment. Mm -hmm. at Lone Star with Nicole's help. And uh, I think the first recipient graduated. I got a postcard and uh, last week. So I'm very thrilled to see that something is being useful to somebody, you know. And this lady uh, wrote us a very nice letter how difficult it was for her to otherwise support herself. But the endowment helped her to complete the course and graduate. And so hopefully, you know, I'll be associated with them for many years. I just love the college. I love the campus. And I love the staff. And of course, over the last um, 10, 12 years, when we had two businesses, we hired about 20 interns from Lone Star. Right. And they were very nice. I mean, we were convinced, me and my wife, that we are not going to hire anybody experienced anymore. We'll hire the interns and train them. Train them, yeah. And they were very, very nice attitude-wise and subject matter-wise skills. So our motto was to just hire interns in our business. But how did you, I mean, did you have someone who was in that college that you knew or your friends, uh, kids? How did you actually get involved? Well, because we were in the curriculum committee chair, I knew the staff. I knew the professor. And when the need came, I asked him. Uh, he was here last time. Remember Michael Konvichka? Yes. So I asked him, do you have some interns who may be, students who may be interested? And he just announced in the class that, hey, there's a job opening for internship, anybody interested? And we got all the applicants. So that became our biggest source. I mean, our business success was mostly through the Lone Star interns. I can still say that. I'm, of course, retired now. Mm -hmm. But our success was the hiring of the interns, which were as good as maybe one or two year qualified professionals. Yeah. But we trained them. And they had great attitude, and they worked out well. So let me ask you then, and, and anyone can answer this one. So there are a lot of business men and women listening to us. Right. What other, I mean, you, you talked about your business. Yeah, yeah. What other businesses who, or business people, folks who are listening, would then approach you all and say, hey, we want to do exactly what Ashok did, and, but what are these, who are these students that they can tap into, the interns? So the, the relationships with our community business owners and business partners is a big cornerstone in community colleges. Mm -hmm. So I would say all of them. Um, across the Lone Star system of programs, whether it's our firefighters and paramedics, or it's our um, health professionals, or it's our computer or GIS professionals, all of those program faculty seek the advisory input from professionals and then want to be able to place students into those internships. 
So any of the colleges and any of the programs that we offer, it, it, we are enthusiastically um, interested in connecting with businesses to develop so let, those pathways. So let me throw out an example. Sure. Uh, medical assistance. You yes. know, there's a huge shortage of medical assistance. Absolutely. I being a physician, I keep looking for people who can come and join us because yes. it's a... It's a dynamic workforce in and out. It is. Right? Yeah. Uh, Jagat knows that because he's gone through that. <laughs> so true. do you all offer something like that where you all have we a do. medical assistant course and then you all need to place interns, etc.? We do. Well, well give me a number again. All right. We will do that for you. <laughs> I'd like you to announce a number here right. today. There are f physicians and others who are dying to get these interns, train them, you know, the training really comes hands-on, not yes. it's th theory, of course they learn, but it's hands-on where they really learn. Is there, w what's the number that others, not just, uh, uh, just not for Emmys, there may be other businesses, hotels, for example, do you all have something where sous chefs are brought out from your thing? Maybe not. Because Unfortunately, not, not on yeah. sous chefs, because although you have I really page. would love to, but many, yes, many of the other areas, including business, right? So the business side of hospitality, we definitely have. Right. I would say, quite honestly, um, either Nicole or I would be, for those broad range of, mm -hmm. of interests, literally our phone numbers would be great ones to be able to use. So in just a moment, I'll look those up. Okay, and be yeah, able to no problem. Right. So let's talk to Nicole. Well, say, it's always Lone Star at EDU. There's yeah, a ton so of easy. information to <laughs> find and then you can find Dr. Jones is at SciFair and I'm at the foundation so we're both pretty easy to find but LoneStar.edu lists all of our programs and N programs of study. You know no institution runs without money. Open Forum does not run without money, right? right. We, we do our own fundraising uh, we have our fundraising effort I should call it and we do pretty good with that connections, once folks who listen to us, we do it once a year and we're good for one year. How do y'all do fundraising, Nicole? How do we do fundraising? Lots of different ways, but relationships is really important, right? We want people to know about us, to hear what we do, to believe in us, and to trust us to do the best with their money. And that's what the Wadwanis have done with right. their endowment. They've seen the work. Ashok and Ishu have seen the work over 25 years. And so we sat down and he said, I want to help a student. Mm -hmm. how, do we, how do we do this? And so there's a lot of different vehicles. Um, they chose an endowment, which is a scholarship, which is funds that are invested. Mm -hmm. And so now a scholarship will be in, awarded in their family name in perpetuity, forever. Right. Um, and they told us... Um, Here's the program we want to support. Here's the campus. You know, they gave us the criteria, and then they named it what they wanted to. And that's one of our biggest priorities is scholarships. We have, you heard Dr. Jones talk about, you know, eight different colleges, lots of campuses. But if we don't have students in the seats, then all these pretty buildings are for nothing. And right. so removing the financial barrier is our number one priority. And so that's the biggest fundraising that we do is directly for the students because we are amply funded, well, amply for the most part right no one ever has enough money but so someone who's listening out there and they say they want to do exactly what ashok did what what's the range of uh monies that you'll look for as an endowment for an endowment or is it a big variety out there well really it's 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 donor centric right okay. so if a donor says i've got a thousand dollars i want to give it to you today and we want to fund a scholarship we can make that happen mm -hmm. because that's the difference that may be a one-time deal that could be a one-time right. deal okay. um we do we usually have scholarships in increments of simply five hundred dollars okay. five hundred dollars can make or break a semester for a student wow, wow. really i didn't know that wow. really okay. because we're local and affordable right so you're looking at you know just over a hundred dollars a credit hour mm -hmm. um whereas you're going to pay a lot more than that right I've got a note here, $1,200 per semester for full-time tuition on average. That is wow. amazing. You're paying $1,200 a who, class. Who chooses that student, though? Who chooses it? Yeah, so, for example, you know, uh, you, you, some, you know, Jagat, for example, he's a, you know, he's a big guy. So he says, <laughs> I'm going to put $10,000. Right. Where does that $10,000, does he choose, I want to give it to A, B, C, D, or do y'all have a merit, a scholarship? So uh, he's going to choose the criteria. Okay. He's going to tell me what type of student he wants to fund. Right. So not you can't as a if for a charitable deduction mm -hmm. and a charitable donation with the IRS, you can't choose the student. Right. But right. you could tell me what type okay. of student. Okay, I got you. And so for an endowment, for example, we'll go back to your endowment example. Mm -hmm. An endowment minimum is fifteen thousand. Okay. Um, and up from there, so any anywhere you go up from there, the scholarship um, increases. Mm -hmm. Um, it starts at a minimum of three point five percent. So we pay off the endowment balance. And 
So you tell me it's merit, you might pick the GPA. You tell me it's a student with financial need, mm-hmm. um, we give the, we give those funding over to the financial aid department. They have mm-hmm. access to all the student information. So I don't select the students either. Gotcha. The people with the information and all the applications select the student. But it's based on what you tell us you want to fund, and that's the best part. So $15,000, you said minimum for endowment. So Correct. two questions. Explain what endowment really means, mm-hmm. you know, because I think people would like to know what does it really mean. It's a scholarship for one time, it's a lifetime endowment. So explain what endowment is. Certainly. And $15,000 if someone gives, then how many students can you support that one student, two students, three students, <coughs> for how long? Perfect. That's a great question. So I told you about the one time, but a $15,000 endowment is our minimum. We do allow folks to pay one time or over a period of years to reach that 15000 But 15000 will yield 520 intended to yield $525 a year forever, right? So we invest it conservatively. And so you this one gift will take care of one student for the life of the college, okay. right? And so, again, if you go up from there, the interest um, earned is greater. It's one student every year. But once, thank you. It is one student every year, and we, in, in a fancy word, in perpetuity, but it's really, it's forever. And so that's the investment. So long after um, the Wadwanis, you know, their grandchildren are running things, mm-hmm. um, this scholarship will still be awarded in their name. So the, the, the money's invested in a safe... Um, Yes. Um, we, it's whatever, CD or whatever y'all want to call it. Yes, we right? invest with Goldman Sachs, and so we have no, financial yeah. advisors that help us make sure gotcha. that our money is safe, um, And but we earn enough on it to cover these scholarships. And so it, that 15000 is invested. It's never touched. We only spend yeah. the interest gotcha. for the scholarships. How, how, how much does the government put in, say there's a $100 being spent by Lone Star, what's the contribution of any government? I mean, whether it's the state government or the Fed, do y'all do y'all have a breakdown of that? I'm gonna at let all? you talk about that, Dr. Jones. <laughs> That's out of my department. So on the scholarshiping, <laughs> the the, col- the contribution from federal sources and state sources are in federal financial aid mm-hmm. and state financial aid. So approximately 22 percent of Lone Star College SciFair mm-hmm. students receive that type of state and federal um, aid, which does, it is a game changer. It makes wow, education yeah. a higher ed possible for students that otherwise are not able to to do higher ed. And I, I would like to qualify in that because sometimes people aren't aware 70% of our students are working and many of those working full-time. Mm-hmm. So these are working individuals who simply don't have the financial resources to also add on the expense of college. And so those two, these forms of, a, of financial assistance. And the reason I asked that question was in previous presidential debates, as we've seen, there were some presidents who, oh, Candidates who came out and say we're going to do all the community colleges free of charge for right. students. Yeah. That's why I asked that question. A, what yes. would that mean to y'all? I mean, you get all the hundred <clears throat> percent from the feds, or you're just going to get your twenty-two percent, and then you're still going to rely on others, like you know, endowments, etc. What that would mean is exactly why that hasn't yet come into existence. <laughs> yes, because okay. right, the devil's in the details <laughs> yeah, on that. I got gotcha. you. Um, but a lot of the discussion currently has shifted to increasing Pell or federal financial Pell aid, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so Pell the, grants, yeah. how, do we, how do we allow more people to access what they're qualified for through um, simplified processes? And then how do we increase those amounts so that more students can have the financial support that they need? So there's kind of been a little bit of a shift just in this last year toward increasing Pell eligibility is the term that people will hear. Increasing Pell eligibility for that. So, question is, you use a Pell Grant. Yes. So, you need to talk about a little more what exactly <laughs> Pell Grant is. You know. Yes. That, that's absolutely fair. So, the federal government has um, multiple different programs, and the Pell program is a grant where, through financial need demonstrated by a student, both as an individual or a family, um, is determined, and those monies, for example, $6,000 for a semester, are made available to that student and not expected to be repaid. It is not a loan. And so it covers tuition, it covers fees, it covers books, and then a small amount of living expenses, often to offset some of their work time that they're not available for. How do you recruit your students? Do they come from ads? Do they come from the, the, the uh, counselors at high school level? 
how do you start recruiting those students? That's a fantastic because you because yeah. you you all did mention that you all have beautiful buildings, oh, but unless it's the building is occupied, right. <laughs> you know the purpose is lost, right? So yes, how do you do that? Absolutely, and and because we believe the transformative impact of higher education, that recruiting is really important because we don't want mm-hmm. people who need us to not know where to come find us. Right. <clears throat> so a significant part <clears throat> of that happens in the high schools and through the high schools. Um, one of the interesting things about community colleges is not only are we recruiting the high schoolers, and we can talk about dual credit, where we had 510 <laughs> students in SciFair ISD complete the first two years of their bachelor's, so that associate wow. degree, before they walked across the stage graduating high school. So wow. it's a okay. phenomenal yeah. program called dual credit or dual okay. enrollment. They just have to work harder. They have to work a lot harder. <laughs> yeah. They have to work a lot harder. Yeah, but they, they save two years almost, They do. Right? They yeah. save Amazing. two years. It's a, it's a tremendous accomplishment. Yeah. One of those graduates is headed to Stanford on a full Ooh, ride. Yeah. Wow. And so it's really a demonstration of not only their academic prowess, but their ability to persist. So we have definitely high school and, and recruiting for high school graduates, but we also try to reach out directly to the workplace. We have a lot of students who come to us later in their 20s, mm-hmm. 30s, 40s, um, and maybe some folks on here who are 70 or would like to start. We have classes, don't look, don't too. Look at me, please. <laughs> please don't look here. I'm like, wait a minute. I may not be the youngest here, but I'm definitely not about 70. It's, okay. it's just a joke. Absolutely, absolutely. And so we, we have That's the beauty of community yes, colleges. Yes, yes. And, I, and that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. Is there an age limit? But you already answered it. There, there yeah. is not. And 70 is still young. So there's yeah. national stories about 85-year-olds who yeah. are graduating wow. with their community that. college That's degrees. Good. So. That is amazing. Yeah. What kind of, you know, you, go to, you hear about colleges giving regular uh, education. What kind of exotic education do you give? Something that's really out of the box out there. I'm, I'm going to throw one out. Sure. Um, uh, my friends and I, we sometimes uh, on Fridays and Saturdays, we always sit down and say, you know what? This weekend, I want to go to a bartending school. <laughs> it's pretty exotic. I don't, you know, in my profession, I'm a physician. Right. And for me to come across and say, I want to go to a bar, I think that's out of my box, out of my, uh, you know, scheme of things. I say it probably wasn't part of the medical school. Never. <laughs> in fact, they told us the opposite. Right. Don't go 20 feet close to that place out there. But I think it's 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 just kind of, you know, it could be anything. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I just threw that out. Yeah, no. But I- what kind of... Something out of the box that y'all do that so, other colleges may not be doing, and people say, "Hey, Jagat might be saying, you know, I'm in my 70s. I've never done this, but I've always wanted to do that." Right? How can y'all attract people like in their 60s and 70s? Absolutely. So, two answers. We have what's called continuing education. So, for folks who say, "I want to learn these things, but I really don't need to get a grade. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to get a, a license for anything." Right. Um, and so, continuing education could be everything from licensed truck drivers to being able to learn um, accounting practices and bookkeeping to bartending yes Yes. absolutely (laughs) and then at Lone Star y'all don't have bartending though no y'all don't have and so the other is called all so that's the adult lifelong learning program oh, wow. and okay. those are really and that's what i'm saying you could say valerie i'd love to have yeah. a bartending program yes. the all program and i would look quickly to find people and we can put that together nice. so it's a very flexible area of our program opportunities yeah, that is that is amazing i'd be happy to introduce you to a friend of mine who teaches people how to make sushi Oh, perfect. Absolutely. That's exactly, that's, a class. that's exactly what that's they do. Class. And I volunteer to be a taste tester. Absolutely. <laughs> My husband wants to be the first student. He wants to learn how to do that. What fun time. What fun time. Uh, folks, this is Open Forum. Our number out here is 1-888-749-1035. You can listen to us on humfmradio.com. In the studio, we have Ashok, um, who's been with uh, the Lone Star um, uh, Lone Star <laughs> College for a long, long time. What? He wants to say forever. You're a young guy. I think for a long yeah. time for suits you well. Uh, Miss Valerie, who's the president at SciFair, uh, Lone Star, and Miss Nicole, who helps with the fundraising, I guess, the endowments and stuff like that. And and it's it's just a pleasure having you all here and telling us a little bit more about um, uh, Lone Star. Uh, so you said there are seven campuses. Are they all based in 
Harris County or we have some in Fort Bend County? That's a great question. We have Harris County, Montgomery County, and then a little bit of the San Jacinto County area. So not as far over as the Fort Bend, it, yeah. although we do offer a significant number of online classes. So okay, I'm sure we have Fort Bend residents <clears throat> who've been part of the colleges through online. Is that because uh, there's a presence of HCC uh, there? Is there like a, there's no overlap allowed or... So there's a, a gentleman's gentlewoman's agreement between gotcha. the 50 community colleges, um, and we have what are defined as service areas, and then there's some kind of free-for-all spaces across the state as well. But we each have our service areas that we have a tax base that helps support and fund, um, in part, each of right. the community colleges. M makes sense. And so Fort Bend is outside of what's defined as Makes sense. Thing. Unlike the hospital system that we have, you open <laughs> one and three others show up. Exactly. All the others. <laughs> right. You open a McDonald's and Burger King's right next door, et cetera, et cetera. So you all do. You all. May, and and part, really of it may be, part of it may be because of the uh, federal funding. And there may be lines drawn out there. Thank you. Uh, which says that, you know, just don't cross over that side. And it really is the origins of community colleges. They came about to try to ensure that across this entire country, people would have access to drive to an institution of higher education no matter where they lived. Right. And a lot of places in rural America don't have a university in their backyard. We're very right. fortunate to have a number of high-quality universities, mm -hmm. but even at that, the transportation time can be a barrier for folks, especially with right. financial resources. And as you know, um, folks, that uh, Texas has become one of those magnets where people from all over the country are coming into Texas. And when I say Texas, the big four cities have had a population boom. Right. And as you see people traveling in, and obviously the need grows, tell us about the diversity of your college. I mean, you see uh, Houston is one of the most diverse towns in USA, probably is the most. And Harris County and Fort Bend County are probably the two of the largest counties that are absolutely diverse. What's your diversity percentage, if you know any, uh, at your colleges? Absolutely. I think because, I, you know, uh, sometimes it happens that folks do want to go to a place. Uh, they want to be included, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that it's one of the, the core human um, realities right. is that we want to feel like we belong. <clears throat> we want to feel like this is a place where we can have a space right. and be welcomed. Um, and I do think it's one of the assets for the Houston and surrounding areas that we are the a lot of uh, publications have identified us as the most yes. diverse city in the, in the nation. And that says a lot. Yep. And so uh, Lone Star College is very proud for its student body to replicate that diversity. So depending on the campus, for example, in the SciFair campus, we mm -hmm. have approximately, and my math will not work out on this, so okay. yeah. <laughs> be gracious with me, uh, but we have approximately 42, 45% of our student population identify as Hispanic, and that is multiple different generations from first generation yeah. to multi-generational. Lots of different countries represented within that. About 30% um, identifying as white, about 14% as black. Our campus has the largest number of identifying as Asian students, and so we have 12, 13% of our population, which is over 2,000 students. Um, Lone Star wow. College SciFair serves 22,500 students. So, That's yes, amazing. <laughs> we're, we're the largest in the oh, wow. system. Um, and we're very, very proud to, to represent such a beautifully diverse community. And so, and how do you grade yourself in the sense that uh, is there a way of, you know, you know your own benchmarks, this is what we're going to reach, and if you don't reach that, there's something wrong, we need to fix it. And so how do you grade yourself and say, my gosh, you just told me someone's going to Boston, uh, one of your yes. students. And that's what I want to hear, some stories where you can tell us how kids have done so well in your system there. Absolutely. Just, just like in the high school uh, in Texas, TEA, you know, grades uh, the entire school district. Right. Is there some kind of a program system. through the state uh, that it grades uh, the community college system? That's a great question. There's not actually, um, and there's there's a lot of different reasons for that, um, but there's not a comparable, whereas, you know, for example, a school district is able to say we're an A-plus school or we earned a B-plus this year. Uh, community colleges don't have an equivalent pairing. What we've been doing as community colleges nationally, including Texas, is really looking at access, so making sure the diversity of our student body represents the diversity of the communities that we're serving. That's been a really important metric. But in the last decade, there's really been a shift towards success. So of the students who start with us across those diverse populations, are we seeing those students not only 
stay with us, but are we seeing them graduate? Mm -hmm. Are they successfully transferring to universities? Are they successfully completing their bachelor's right. degrees? Or are they being the placed straight yeah. into jobs that, that are uh, family-sustaining wages and really change their socioeconomic experience? So those are the metrics that, that we're looking at now. And we very much seek to capture those student stories. And mm -hmm. there's, there's, so many, there's so many students who um, come to us and tell the stories, whether they, they had to first come to us for their GED. Um, they might not have had English as their first language. They may have had struggles in for various reasons during high school years. And so in their 20s, they realize, I, I need to be able to have higher education to be able to have a job and take care of myself and my family. And so they come to us for their GED. And then they stay with us for that, um, that degree and that credential. We have um, hundreds of students who come through our schools to become teachers. And those students move right back into the community as teachers in elementary school and middle school. Um, I have a young man who joined us a couple of years ago. And he knew he needed some guidance and mentorship. And so he actively yeah. sought that out. And he's now received a full ride to Princeton. Wow. Right. And so it's, it's, they don't know until amazing. they come to yeah. us what yeah. those doors are going to look like. And I think you probably answered the next question that I had. What are the qualifications to get into HCC? There are school, high school dropouts. They've not finished their 12th grade. And they did get their GED maybe after two, three years. Right. But I hear from you that if they've dropped out of 11th or 10th, you can actually offer them courses to towards the GED. Is that true? Yes, that that is that is amazing true. to hear because I have a lot of listeners out there who really want to pay play, uh, pay attention to this. There may be some kids who have dropped out, and the parents are kind of frustrated. What do we do next? You know, our, our culture is such. Our listeners are from India and Pakistan and other uh, South Asian countries. Our culture is such that we focus our lives our lives and then our children's lives education. on education that's it and it's kind of devastating sometimes to parents who are listening when where, where the child did not achieve what he or she could achieve the potential is there but they never tapped the potential that's what i want people to understand that look when you have that child still sitting at home and with some encouragement from the parents not rep not reprimanding the person but encouraging the child to see like it's not the end of the world you know we have an opportunity get into these community colleges and if you live in this side not fort bend county you have lone star and you can actually get in there and do what you want to do and and there's help available that's that is a really important takeaway message it doesn't matter if the person is you know 19 years old and sitting on their parents couch mm -hmm. and there's this frustration of i i can't do this or right. i'm a disappointment or if a person is 25 years old and stuck in a job that they don't feel like they can ever advance from or go anywhere. I think one of the magical parts of a community college is we are what's called an open access institution, which means no matter where you are in language, in education, in credentials, no matter where you are, wow. we can get you where you want to be. That's amazing. Because we have the, all of these different routes and avenues. And if you come in because you're already a, a high school student who's on the honors track mm -hmm. and you're headed that direction, we can help you secure scholarships and get a head start in front of your classmates. And if you, haven't, if you weren't able to be successful in high school for any number of reasons, and we've had some horrible traumatic experiences for our students that had to do with deaths of family members and having to leave school to be able to, to work, to be able to sustain their families as 16-year-olds, there is no stuck. There is no point at which we can't help you to take that next step. And so I think if there's any message in this, then, then that's the one that I would wish for people. So I got a text. Uh, obviously, some people don't want to call. Uh, and the question was, I think it's a pretty appropriate question in Texas, especially in the, all the bordering states. Do, do you check the citizenship of a student or the resident, uh, legal residency status of a student or not? That's a great question. We do not check citizenship. Um, that's been a, the person who's calling is probably very aware. That's been a lot of fear and concern mm -hmm. in Texas and a lot of other states, um, but, but definitely in Texas. And we do not check citizenship, and we actually encourage international students. So there's ways of accessing higher education for um, the full continuum of people who are here and what their status may be. And so there, there is no citizenship requirement to be able to participate in higher education. So if that is the case, let's suppose someone's sitting in uh, Matamoros in Mexico and taking your online courses, 
uh, and when he finishes courses and when he graduates, he or she, would she or he get a certificate there in Mexico from Lone Star College? The certificate would be awarded by Lone Star College and delivered to whatever address they have on file. That is amazing. That is really good. Right? Yeah, that is amazing. Ashok, I was going to um, turn my... Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, That's a very interesting point uh, you brought up, Subha. Yes, Because uh, does that mean any international student, I mean, any student interested in studying with Lone Star anywhere in the world can do an online course and get certified? There are. That's a great distinction. There, if you are not within the country's borders, there are different international practices depending on the country where you are and depending on um, international student legislation. And so there may be cost differences or documentation differences or those those types of pieces. We have at Lone Star College SciFair, we have over 800 international students who are here with us from, um, I think, over 20 different countries, including about 25 students from India just this year. Mm-hmm. And so there, is some, uh, there are some international issues when it comes to being able to access from the, the home country, yeah. but because, coming in and being yeah. able to... Because Jagat's Jagat question was if someone living in Mexico does a course, mm-hmm. gotcha. which, would be, which is why I then went further... Right. Because I have, yeah, obviously, you know, people in other parts of the world. Yes, and we do have, it's, it's, uh, it gets complicated quickly in that we do have programming in other countries. So it can be done, but you start to get into a lot of the documentation and how do we make this work and what, what agreements mm-hmm. have to be in If someone place. applies from Russia, for example, or wherever, India, um, how do they get a student visa? Do y'all, is, is Lone Star responsible for help, or not responsible, but yeah. do they extend their hand and say, we'll help you get a student visa? That is a great question. We actually have an entire um, area, a department, a division of the college that works across all of Lone Star that's called the Honors and International Education Division. Mm-hmm. And the um, experts, the advisors in that area work directly with students from a number of countries to make sure that they have that support and visa navigation. It's what they live and breathe, and it's the first time a student is usually encountering it. So, yes, our honors and international education folks really take those folks by the hand to help them through. And I say, I'm going to ask Ashok, uh, you've been involved. Tell us again a little bit more how, besides the, you know, the, the funding that you've given to the students, right. what other involvement do you have? And then in, tell, us our, tell our listeners how they can get involved whether they can come and tutor, volunteer to tutor, etc. Just help our listeners understand that. Okay, I think the two things I'll mention, one will be that uh, most of the Asian Americans or Indians or Chinese are pretty much professionally qualified, Mm -hmm. so they can certainly do the department curriculum committees. That way, advise the professors of the new topics or new techniques to teach Mm -hmm. so that the students coming out have better worldly view. So I think they can participate in really any of the subject matter they offer on the curriculum committees and offer their advice or suggestions or encouragement or mentoring students. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest thing I can uh, they can do. And the other is the endowment. Yeah. I mean, this was a, you know, a lot of people get scared that endowment is a very complicated affair, legal thing and, you know, money and time. I mean, it took me about 10 days to get this done. I mean, it was just like one or two phone calls. They sent me a little one-page agreement, and we're done. Okay, it was just amazingly and simple. Check. <laughs> and the, by the way, that's another thing which, <laughs> which is very important, really, is because in our age group, most of us getting RMDs. That's mandatory, as right, you know. Right. So if you send us a charitable contribution through again, your so RMD... Did you, did you look at me and say that again? <laughs> yes, I'm I, looking at you too. I, I, I'm <laughs> far away from there. there. <laughs> just that direction. Not quite there, just, yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. Well, sorry. <laughs> so the RMD... <laughs> tell, goes, tell our listeners what RMD is. <laughs> then they'll understand. That's a required minimum distribution <laughs> from your IRA. Now you have Every, to be 72 to get that. Well, yeah. Huh? So most of us are, you know. <laughs> All right. Okay. Like, so the thing is... Like that if you if you work with your financial company who has your R- right. retirement account 
before you taking the RMD, oh, okay. you tell mm-hmm. them that we want to put 15,000 or 50,000, whatever, mm-hmm. into Lone Star Foundation. That's fantastic. So the financial institution sends the check directly to Lone Star or whatever institution do. Right. And then you get a form for IRS. Okay. So you're not taxed on that amount. Gotcha. So it's a big tax advantage. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. So mm-hmm. if you're in the RMD brackets... I would say consider uh, endowment or any type of scholarship or donation. Well, if, will, well if they're not in the RMD, they can still take it right sure, off. As sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Yeah. absolutely. Well, yeah. Not only yeah. that, I think a lot of uh, few Indians would have a foundation of their own, yeah. family foundation. And maybe they can contribute from the family foundation. Yes. And not from They can uh, from absolutely the contribute from true. the family foundation. True. True. Right. True. Yes. True. Yes. Absolutely. And our job is to make it easy to help students, right? So there are people who want to help. They just don't know how. Because you need money, right? So make it easy. <laughs> make it easy for you to help these students who, who might just need that obstacle removed yeah. from their path to be successful, who don't really know exactly what the next step is. And all the things you've heard from Dr. Jones are the things we're able to do. But sometimes it's just the tuition bill that's the biggest. So like yeah. I was asking you during uh, uh, coffee time that let's suppose someone wants to give you $15,000 and they can they dictate uh, what particularly, what kind of scholarship they want to create, or uh, you pretty much decide on it? I don't decide on it. I sit down and I'll have coffee with them and find out what are their interests. Um, a lot of people have a favorite campus because they live closest to one of our campuses, right? They might have a favorite program that they've been involved with for 25 years, like Ashok over <laughs> here. Um, he definitely had some opinions on where, what type of student he wanted to look for. So you tell me um, the other thing is you get to name the scholarship. So whether you want to name it after your someone in your immediate family now or someone who is passed or in honor of someone, maybe your mentor. Um, so there's a lot of different decisions that I get to help walk a donor through, naming it, the criteria, the campus. Do you want it to be someone who has financial need or do you want it to be based on merit? So their, their GPA is to be a minimum this or higher. Mm-hmm. And so donors have a lot of options. But again, our job is to make it easy for you to do something good that you're excited about and help. And so we, we're going to give you a number out, okay. <laughs> your telephone number. That's fine with Go me. So do you Nick, want me to do it? Yeah, you do it. Yeah. So, you um, do it better than me. I'm the only you might take over my job out here. You're doing it so well. I, it's fun. You're it's doing fun. a great job, though. I don't know if I could really replace you. I'm kind of like one of your co-hosts here. I'm just in a supporting role. Well, let's see. Nicole, go ahead. What's your so, number? So I'm the only Nicole at Lone Star College Foundation. I'm easy to find, and it's 832-813-6636. So anything, any... Any questions about the endowments, they should get they hold can, of you. They can call me, and I'll find the right place to make sure they have the answers. There. And Jagat and uh, Ramesh and Dinkar and Ashok Bhai, of course, you know, in, in our community, there are a lot of people with a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of those folks are extremely generous. Sometimes they come, yes. there's a roadblock. They don't know what to do with that money, and they, want, they have good intentions, but the actions you know, are lacking because of lack of education in the sense, where do I give this money? And if someone who knows that education is such an important thing and wants to be part of it, contact Nicole. And Lone Star Community College, as we just heard, does an amazing job. And Nicole's number is 832-813-6636. And if Nicole's on vacation, we're going to get Valerie. (laughs) I'm just going to escalate that too. And Valerie is the president of Lone Star College at SciFair area. And Miss Valerie Jones is the president. uh, uh, And her number is 281-290-3940. Are you a teacher by profession? I did. I originally was an English faculty member, both at community colleges and university in North Carolina. Oh, okay. It's been a little while. Right. I'm not quite 72, but I'm working <laughs> <laughs> You still look like a baby to me. <laughs> so then let me ask you this. Now that you are a principal, you said something about uh, you have a, a four-year college degree also at SciFair. What are those areas? Wow. What degrees that do you offer now? Great question. So about six years ago, maybe a little bit more, Texas opened up the door a little bit farther to allow community colleges to offer up to five uh, bachelor's degree. So Lone Star College SciFair is very proud to host at our Westway Park campus the Bachelor's of Applied Technology in Cybersecurity. So we have a two-year degree mm. and the bachelor's degree in cybersecurity, which is obviously a huge demand right now. 
We also have the Bachelor of Science in Nursing that's available online across all of our campuses, so a BSN. We have the um, Bachelor of Applied Science, and this is a long one, Energy Manufacturing and Trades Management, uh, which is uh, the ability to promote into management from the technical areas of the oil and gas industry and various um, areas. It's fantastic, absolutely. And then the last, which is our newest, is a Bachelor's in Emergency Management. And that's the newest bachelor's degree that just started this past academic year. That is amazing. That's amazing. Wow. You know, it's been it's 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 already been almost an hour talking to you guys. You don't even realize how time flies, right? It's a lot to talk about. It is a lot to talk about. Does the the change in government? I know we're getting a little political out here, and you don't have to answer these questions. Sometimes we ask these crazy questions. Does it really matter what who is in the administration out there, in the White House, or even in Austin, or the IOL on autopilot? It doesn't matter who comes out there, and we're still going to be doing our job. That's a really good question, um, and certainly not easy. I will say it, it absolutely matters because the different political areas and different political individuals um, look at education and look at higher education from different lenses and perspectives. What's really um, exciting, though, for community colleges is regardless of where people are falling on the political continuum, they're seeing us as an as an accessible and cost-effective way toward mm-hmm. a bachelor's degree, which sometimes is the, the tension that comes into the university discussion. And they're seeing the direct access that we have to to working, to getting right. a job and to getting a high-paying job. And so that tends to really be an attractive and appealing thing to support regardless of political affiliation. So, so if I may go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. just a quick, just an extension of that is, uh, so who decides the laws that are applicable to you? Are they decided at the state level or the federal level? Yes. They are decided at both. So we are impacted by both federal laws as well as state laws. So so brings me to ask you this question. Recently, uh, the state uh, has approved endowment for uh, U of H and a few other universities to the tune of $1.3 billion. Uh, Finally, because UT UT system and A&M system already had it, except U of H didn't have it. So... The, the extension of that is, are any of the community colleges included in the endowment fund created by the state, or you are still not part of it? You all have all the fantastic questions. We are not part of that, that particular funding source. So the universities are funded in a very different way than community colleges. However, parallel to that change, um, it, is, it is really historic. The state is in the process of reviewing and approving a complete transformation of the funding model for community colleges that really will prioritize that success model that I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. And that funding change is, I think, going to have really positive impacts. And it's had consistent approval across all 50 community colleges and the political parties. So it's really an exciting example of the state being able to come together and think innovatively about how do we support community colleges differently because of how much we need community colleges to support both access for our student and community population, but also the workplace demands that we have in this yeah. booming state. And um, the next question was, this is kind of, maybe you know the statistics, are there more girls than boys in your college? That's a great question. I will let all of the males listening to this know that there are more women Ooh. present at community colleges, so come on yeah, in. Come on over. The odds are great. Come and join, huh? That's right. Yeah. Well, we do get some lovely questions. They don't want to say it, so they just text me out yes. there. Are they it's, ping, a, it's about 60-40. That's 60, right. It's 40, about 60-40, yes. Yeah. You know, I think um, uh, folks listening to Open Forum, uh, this is a fantastic uh, one hour that we've had. This is going to be recorded, and we're going to be play, uh, putting it on. I think YouTube. You have it on Facebook. We got to. We're going to get it on YouTube and other uh, social media and podcasts. We someone records for us. Our, our friend Fennel Shashi records this, and then it'll be out, so y'all can use it for any um, you know any of your promotions. If you think our voice is good enough, I don't know. Absolutely. But what I'd like to. Um, point out to our listeners out here, I think the community college, we, we learned a lot today. They play an important role. I know people, a lot of folks out there go into traditional colleges, the four-year degrees, uh, U of H, uh, Rice, UT, wherever. But I think in, in, in a society, 
where every student has different levels of learning, teaching, uh, social status, economic status, etc. It could be a lot of variations. I, I think the, um, the community colleges play the most important role. You know, they are affordable, they are excellent, they have a track record, and I think today we've learned they do an amazing job. And I think they also afford a media, as Nicole, you discussed here, for folks who want to give back to the community. They may not have time, but they may have some uh, financial resources. And I would encourage folks out there, even whether it's 500 bucks to 500000 if you if you want to be part of that you know, giving uh, community, giving family that we have in Houston, reach out to Nicole at 832-813-6636. I'm going to memorize that before we have the next <laughs> cup of coffee out here, right? Nicole is going to be at 832-813-6636. And Miss Valerie, who is the president of the SciFair uh, branch of Lone Star College, can be reached at 281-290-3940. And I'm going to give you all 15 to 20 seconds uh, to wrap up this, uh, let's start with Nicole today. Talk 15 seconds about your endowments, and we'll go to Ashok, and then we'll wrap up with uh, Ms. Valerie. Before you do that, all I want to say is that uh, when we attended that uh, luncheon, you know, I couldn't believe it that there were some individuals that who created uh, a 10 to 15 scholarship. Oh, you know, wow. you're talking about 150 to $200,000 in that range. So it's really remarkable, and people really need to understand that it's not, it doesn't stop. It starts with $500. But it doesn't stop anywhere. Yeah. That, is, yeah. that actually, is true. And actually, you're right, Jagat. Uh, this is a question that was on my brain, never came out. How do you have fundraisers? If, if you know, uh, do you, you talked about a luncheon. I don't know if that was a fundraiser or was it more of an awareness uh, lunch? I got distracted by the endowments, but I forgot yeah. to tell you, we have a golf tournament every fall. It's November okay. 13th this year. We have, but a lot of times those are really where we build awareness. Okay. And we build friends, and that's where people learn more about us because then we sit down and have those conversations over coffee or lunch mm-hmm. or any and talk about what our donors really interested in. The fundraisers are fun and they're, yes, you know, a activity. But sitting down to figure out what you really are passionate about is is what we really look for. And with Ashok being there, you might be doing some cricket tournament fundraisers also. <laughs> <laughs> he came to Star Gala. Uh, Not yet. Cricket tournament. <laughs> One of these days. Yeah. Well, cricket courses. <laughs> yes, cricket courses. Why not? Why not? Wow. Are right, we going to wrap he this up? Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just uh, last evening I was at a cricket. Uh, uh, it was a women's uh, cricket final, so I was oh. there, yeah. and that's what I was thinking. Oh, wait a minute, we can do this. <laughs> yeah. teach, uh, teach youngsters to play cricket at a college. I'm going to start bu- bugging Nicole about the cricket. Yes. yes. Oh, really yeah. I, I, it's actually a lot of fun. I did that for the Memorial Hospital System. We had seven hospitals competing at uh, at one of our big stadiums uh, in Sugarland where the Skeeters play. Yeah. It is a huge success. And the CEO, the CEOs came back to me, can we do it one more year? So we did it two years in a row. And the year after that, I said, look, I it is a lot of work. I need to give this to someone else to do it. But yes, you we, did notice I said I would look at Nicole. And, and I, I can see she's taking notes out there. Cricket with a capital C. Well, we, could help, we could help you with that. Because you know, we, when it comes that would be to, fun. When it comes to women cricket, it, it's an international cricket league. Yes. And yes. there are about uh, 20 countries, uh, maybe more, he probably would know more, that they play into, the, the women play international cricket. Um, any countries, a lot of countries in Africa, um, uh, yeah. all the countries in the mm-hmm. uh, Southeast uh, uh, South Asia, Europe, and Europe, Australia. and fun. Australia, New Zealand, yeah. West Indies, you, name yeah. it, you know, West Indies. You yeah. know, there are a lot of women cricket club, and and they, if you really see them, you would be surprised at how good they play. They play really well, and you know, I'm planning to learn more about them. And, yeah. and yeah, and and, the, and and I asked you a question about the diversity of the females and the ratio, the sixty to forty is a great ratio. And I asked you because I wanted to see how. Powerful the college systems are, and the HCC and Lone Star systems are, that it attracts a lot of women to come out there into the workforce. And the reason I say that is, India Indian women cricket team is probably the only women's team today that has a salary at par with the men right. cricket team. And That's the only other sport that does that is U.S. soccer team. 
and they've they've just fought recently. Just yeah, recently. recently, yeah, just recently. <laughs> but nevertheless, yes. you know, it's 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 a beginning. I think this has to go across the world, and we know. And so, so sixty forty ratio. Not because they want to date those girls. I just wanted to know. Of course, that's, I want, that's, that's <laughs> the, my, my question was not in that direction. My question was in this direction. Yeah. The empowerment that is granted to these young ladies that come out in, in, in a workforce. You know? yeah. We have tremendous female doctorally prepared, so PhDs in the STEM field, so that's science, amazing. technology, wow. engineering, and math, who are our faculty and they do a phenomenal job supporting women in STEM as well. Well, actually, his scholarship, uh, yes. the student that received, you know, she went to a medical school. Oh, wow. That yeah, is yeah. amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now that we're going to wrap it up, all good things do come to a little end, and then we come yeah. back in, in six months, we start it again, right? There you go. So let's start with Nicole. Tell us about the endowment, the Lone Star, and then we go to Ashok, his involvement, how you can encourage others to do what you're doing, and then we'll wrap up with the president. Valerie. Oh, well, I'll repeat again, Lone Star College Foundation's making it easy for people to engage and help students. And that's really the key thing to remember is the smallest amounts are really that can help students, whether it's a, sco- a one-time scholarship, an endowment, a required minimum distribution, all of those things are so helpful. And, and we know that. And we see that every day. Um, we didn't even talk about books. Books cost the same whether they're at Lone Star College or Stanford. Correct. And yep. so um, sometimes it's book scholarships that we help students with. And so I encourage your listeners just to look at this gem, Lone Star College, that's right here in your backyard, um, that people drive by, see billboards and drive by all the time, that mm-hmm. we're quietly campus, doing. Unbelievably beautiful campus. Especially, oh, yeah. especially uh, Dr. Jones's campus is, uh, again, the largest oh, campus yeah, and, and beautiful. But there's so many great things happening quietly behind those walls. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage your listeners to look Look up LoneStar.edu and see what we have to offer. Fantastic. Ashok, how can the, uh, the, the community that listens to us, I know, tell us about your involvement, but how can others get involved the same way? Right. So I would certainly recommend the professionals, the business owners or company, oil companies, they should really interface with the professors in different departments and try to advise them of the uh, latest technology because mm-hmm. sometimes you have... Colleges teaching older technology. The world is moving so fast, especially in the technological world, that yeah. they need right. to be updated. So the oil companies are the big, uh, I'm calling it culprit, maybe I'll be an enemy of all these people, but they don't really associate much with junior colleges right. because their minimum requirement hiring is bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. And I think I am of the opinion that skills count, not degrees. So the oil companies have still not changed their rule from going to skills-based to degree-based. So they're still looking for degree-based people. Mm-hmm. Basically, you'll be top of the skills, but don't have a degree, you're rejected. rejected. So I was just reading a book, uh, I was telling them from Ginny Romity, the IBM CEO, and she has a chapter on this. So IBM took out that rule. Mm-hmm. HR department, IBM now do not say bachelor's degree minimum. They say skill-based. The word is gone. Right. So I'm saying all these oil companies wake up. Mm-hmm. Think that things have changed, you know. Degrees don't count well, much as the I, skills. I th- yeah, I think what happens with the skill base is also the experience. I mean, do you have sure. experience or not? IBM is a big company. They do Correct. need someone. I mean, we, we, we struggle with the same thing in the hospitals, the nurses who are brilliant, brilliant nurses. Yes. But that first year, they're struggling to get jobs because Correct. everyone says, well, we... Memorial has a great program that they get them as interns for one year yes. and they automatically get into the workforce. The second thing I was going to uh, talk and suggest, and you know, I, I just suggest y'all do it, is getting involved with the Chamber of Commerce. Yes. Because that's where the businesses are. For example, the Indo American Chamber of Commerce of Greater Houston, where Jagat is one of the founders, the IACCGH that comes. Uh, has its own gala in July the 15th, I think is the gala. Those are the guys, they have big, big businesses. And they would be looking for interns and, you know, those, that's where you go for some endowments. And and I think y'all should be getting in touch with our friend Jagdeep at one point and uh, because he's the ED out there and just get involved the chambers, not just the ISCCGH, there are other chambers and that would do. And the last point I was going to make before I'm going to let you wrap it up is Open forum. I'm suggesting to my partners out here that one day we do an open forum live from your campus. 
Wow. We do this open forum two hours. We will drive there from south, south. Um, uh, you know, I'll come all the way from Sugarland <laughs> into <laughs> your, <laughs> into your. This, well, we'll have dinner at his house. That's another story. He doesn't know that. Consider it done. But, there you go. <laughs> but if Dinkar permits and Ramesh and my other partners say yes, I feel we should do one program there where we get your communication major. Uh, you know, I do. I bet you guys have debaters and communication majors, we get them exposed to what we do out here. And, and, and this may mean nothing to them, a speck in the, in, the, in, in the atmosphere out there. However, it may just give them that spark that if these idiots can do it, we can <laughs> definitely do it. And then I'm going to let you wrap it up now. I, I love that. I will say we, we are definitely involved in our chambers of commerce. And in the last two, three years, have become um, across Lone Star service areas. <clears throat> and we have recently made conscious efforts to extend to a lot of the community chambers as well. But that doesn't mean we're perfect on it yet. So I really appreciate hearing about the specific um, chambers serving this community. Would love to have you on campus anytime. We have speech and communication majors as well as video post-production majors mm-hmm. who would love, yes. would be great. love this time. So that would be fantastic. And then it should be annual. So, uh, And that's, a, that's <laughs> really a great segue Definitely. for my wrap-up. Um, we would love to be part of this conversation anytime. I am really, really grateful and appreciative of the time and the invitation, both the time and investment that families have put into the college already, but the invitation to be here to tell our story and to extend this invitation. Your, your community of listeners are important to Lone Star College, and so we welcome you at our campuses or our online campuses anytime for events, for learning, and certainly for scholarship support for the amazing students we serve. And, and we appreciate all of y'all coming, three of you, uh, Miss Valerie, Nicole, and Ashok. Lone Star, um, you know, this is not your first time coming here. The, 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 the college itself has been represented in the past. We'd love for y'all to come back again, but we will do a program in the next six months live from uh, your campus. And it's going to be fun doing it. We will coordinate that with Jagat and uh, Ashok. And uh, these two guys are good in coordinating that. And Ashok Bhai, we will need your help on that. One. Absolutely. Anytime. Folks, thank you for listening for the, uh, to the first hour of Open Forum. Our next hour, uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of things.